altar lesson is found on page 861 praise the lord praise the lord from the heavens praise the lord in the heights praise the lord all his angels praise the lord all his hosts praise the lord sun and moon praise the lord all shining stars praise the lord highest heavens and all waters above the heavens let them praise the name of the lord who commanded and they were created Praise the Lord from the earth, sea monsters, and all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and smoke, stormy wind fulfilling God's command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. Young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, whose name alone is exalted, whose glory is above earth and heaven. God has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful ones, for the people of Israel who are near their God. Praise the Lord. Scripture is Revelation 21, 1 through 6. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, The tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. 
I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. The word of God for the people of God. God, you are our creator. And for all we can see and all we can tell, uh, you are a wonderful creator. You have made us so much alike and yet each one unique. You have made the, the earth, the planets, the solar systems, the galaxies, the whole universe. And if we believe what they tell us, it's continuing to expand and it's changing every moment of every day. We know that even on this planet and in this community and within our own church, you are constantly creating and recreating. You make all things new. You forgive sins. You remove guilt. You you intercede when we despair and when we are so frustrated and so bothered by Uh, many circumstances of life and you constantly renew our hope. You find us when we are in the depths of sin. You forgive, you restore and you bring us to yourself and join us with others in faith. We want to know more of your doing We want to experience more of your great love and of your power to restore, renew, and to make things right. So bless us with your Holy Spirit. Give us eyes, ears, and minds to read and to hear and to understand the words of Scripture. Give us a sensitivity and insight to understand where and how and when and uh, for what purposes you intercede into our own lives and into the lives of others. And may it be more than just a singular or personal experience. May it be a corporate experience for your church. And may it be a blessed experience for those who have yet to experience your grace and your love, as well as for those who have never heard of the one we call Savior and Lord, for those who have never understood your relationship with all humanity, knowing us as you do intimately, and uh, also for those who have no knowledge or experience of your eternal presence and your Holy Spirit. Guide us as your church. Bless us in our celebrations of life and birth. And bless us as we grow older. And uh, even though the body may become weaker, may our faith continue to grow stronger and firmer Because it is founded in you and in your expressions of love and faithfulness 
of word scripture and our Savior Jesus. In his name we pray and we offer the prayer he has taught us when we say together, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Reading is John 13, 31 through 35. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. That's the gospel Word of God for the people of God. From the, from the New Testament, Acts 11, verses 1 through 18. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were aware of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest in to men uncircumcised, and did a seat with them. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning, and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descended, as it had been on a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. Upon the which... When I had fastened mine eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay, and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed, that call not thou common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up, drawn up again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already come into the house where I was, sent from Sisera unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, those six brethren accompanied me, And we entered into the man's house, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. The word of God for the people of God. I appreciate Joy and the others who are willing to read scriptures on Sunday. Now here we are, the fifth Sunday after Easter. 
You should be aware by now that we have four lessons. One is always from the Psalms. Well, almost always. Sometimes different seasons of the year it might go to one of the Gospels or another reading. But uh, in this season we've been hearing reading from Acts, from the Gospel, and from Revelation. And uh, you might wonder, are they supposed to connect and relate to one another? Other than simply the fact that they're all in the Bible? Uh, sometimes it's a loose connection. Sometimes it's a connection that has to do with uh, traditions that are centuries old. And sometimes it may just be the whim of the preacher as to how these things bear on one another. And sometimes even the preacher may say, I don't know. But uh, in, in these passages, we've been following the life of the early church following Easter. And we've been, we've been comparing some of that to what was going on with Jesus prior to his crucifixion and resurrection. And then the, the book of Revelation, of course, takes us to an end time when uh, all things are, well, we started in the, in the mess of it, but uh, by the time we're into chapter 21, we're, we're into those readings where everything is done and everything is accomplished. Now, I'll tell you, there's still a question about Revelation. Was it then? Is it now? Or is it yet to be? Yes. All of the above. It was. It is. It has yet to be. And uh, part of it's the separation of sinners and, uh, and the saints. And sometimes it's simply the recognition that God is God alone. God is victorious. And in the end, all that lives will praise and bow down and bless the Lord. So why don't we start now? We who are the saved. And uh, the scriptures give some hints as to why we're not able to do that sometimes. Now, in the, in the story from Acts, uh, we, we had, a couple of weeks ago, we had the uh, conversion of Paul. Some say that wasn't a conversion. That Paul, start to finish, was a type A personality, and he never really changed. He was always working for God. But there was a change. As he approached Damascus, as he was struck blind and fell to the ground, he, he, he saw Jesus and heard him say, why are you persecuting me? And instead of trying to destroy the church, he became a part of the church. And now the focus has shifted to Peter, who might have been one of those questioning Paul and questioning Paul's conversion, but he's had a dream seeing all these animals coming down on a sheet and the voice of God saying, take and eat. Well, wait a minute. That's not all kosher food I'm looking at. 
Now, we think livestock, but you might as well think the, you know, the uh, buffet at the big restaurant where they invite you to, you know, fill yourself several times over for the price of one meal. And, uh, and Peter's looking at all that and says, it's, it's not kosher food. I can't, I can't eat from this. I can't eat. And, uh, and God says, what God has, has blessed, uh, you shouldn't refuse. One of, uh, one of my friends made a, a comment after the uh, February General Conference saying he thought it might be an Acts 10 experience. And what he was talking about was the reading from last week in chapter 10 of Acts where Cornelius and his household have been baptized and have received the Holy Spirit. And uh, I haven't yet talked to... Uh, this friend, but I, I'm, I'm going to ask him, well, what kept it from being an Acts 10 experience? Have we refused a position in the church or have we refused salvation to, to a group of people? And we got to be real careful how we cut that and how we dice the words and how we, how we sound even to those with whom we disagree My point today is that uh, the circle, the circle can be broken, and for the circle not to be broken, sometimes we need to be willing to expand. Uh, Peter learned this, and uh, when he went back to the council in Ju- Jerusalem, he was challenged, and yet as he shared the story of his dream and of, of his going to Cornelius' house. Uh, the church of that day welcomed the Gentiles and uh, barriers were broken and people thought to be outside of God's grace were welcomed into the community of faith. Now sometimes we disconnect. You know, we don't see connections with Revelation and the Gospel of John or with Revelation and Acts, or, or with this beautiful psalm of praise that we read, 148. Uh, you know, we, we hear that psalm, then we see these pictures of, of a universe that's out there that we can't believe somebody else is taking pictures of it. And sometimes you do read the picture, and it says, that artist's conception. But sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a photograph that's been taken and treated and uh, we're seeing things that might blow our minds this creation of God is so much greater than we ever conceived in our younger years than our elders and our forebears were able to conceive and uh, you know when I think about my grandfathers growing up and uh when they were born, when they were children, there weren't any such things as airplanes. And then by the time I came along, there were airplanes and jet planes and rockets going to the moon. Uh, has our understanding of God grown with our understanding of, of this universe? And uh, 
It's not all things big and great. It's even within ourselves. You know, the, oh, the things that make up our bodies, our blood, our muscles, our tissues, our bones, our thoughts. Who would have thought that any of that had, had electrical impulses in it? But if you've ever uh, passed out and had somebody hit you with the, whatever that machine is, you know that, that there's a part of us that's electrical. And we need that regular spark. I mean, this, this life is, is, well, it can be very, 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 very complicated. It's no wonder that sometimes we would rather just look at a small, a small portion of life and focus our attention with what we can understand and what we have experienced and the people we know and, and the people we've always loved and appreciated. It's, it's, it's no wonder, you know, that our experience is... is often limited in those ways. It's no wonder too that some people go to college and they start to learn so much they think, well, there must, you know, if, if all this stuff is known in the human mind, there must not be any God around. I'm going to live the way I want to live and, well, you know, let the church go. And then somehow they find more in common with the people who've been in the church and found that, well, those people weren't as loving as they're supposed to be. I can get along without them. And here we are. Now, I'm not saying you've turned a lot of people away, but I am saying there are a lot of people who turn away from the church in despair. And sometimes it's because their own life is so complicated, nobody here understands them anymore. And sometimes it's because their problems are so great that we alone can't do anything for them. Every day we get those calls, people needing help. And uh, time and time again, I feel like we're just putting band-aids on an open wound. A couple of times here recently, I've given somebody a copy of the upper room. And one of those times I had to give them a Bible to go with it because they didn't have a Bible at home. And we keep a box of Bibles in the office. If you ever know somebody that doesn't have one and needs one, we got it. I'm so glad when I see one of those people a few weeks or a few months later and they want to, when can I get another upper room? Uh, they're, they're as likely to read it as you are. Ha ha ha. Oh, no, it's a, it's a joy when they do respond and when they, they welcome something more than just the Band-Aid or the, that help. Now, uh, you know, I'm, as your pastor, I'm not the only one that faces such difficulties because uh, you've probably invited people time and time and time again and uh, given up on, on more people than I've met 
in this community. You've probably tried and tried and tried, sometimes within your own family, and sometimes within your own neighborhood, and sometimes just within your connection of friends to uh, invite and encourage. And you found people that, well, if they did respond, they might have gone to the Baptist church first. We w- we'll forgive them that and uh, acknowledge your efforts. But uh, sometimes we just, sometimes we just kind of turn inward. And we think, well, you know, I'm just going to hang out with the people I know and the people I can tolerate or the people that tolerate me. And uh, this will be it. And uh, some of those others, maybe I'll see them in heaven. I hope, you know, I hope somebody, I hope they've realized something and that they've made some decisions. But, uh <sighs> And we can give thanks, you know, if our children have gone on to another church. Of course, you know, mine don't live in the community. I'll tell you right now, I keep inviting my son to church. Not here, but, you know, I say, go look at this one, go look at that one. And I'm waiting for him to respond. Uh, My daughter's active enough for a dozen of us, I think, but... uh, Church isn't always what it ought to be, but uh, it's a good place to start. And we've got a lot, a lot, a lot for which we can be thankful. If we know that, and if we believe that, then why do we sometimes hesitate to tell anybody else? I'm not talking about going out of here and bragging on your preacher. No, 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 not, not brag on me. And it's more likely that I can go out here and brag on you. Because there's a bunch of you that uh, I think are, are very good examples of what a church is all about. But the fact of the matter is we just kind of get out of the building and we kind of forget where we've been and we kind of forget who we are and we got other things on our minds and I, I can't remember if I've told you about the young girl. The, well, she she works at at the IGA. I I think she was the first person not in this church that learned my name, and I was so surprised the second time I went in that store. She said, "Hi, Tom," and now I call her by name and. Uh, I'm not sure where she goes to church. I wish she'd come here. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, we're not the only church in town. But uh, when we meet people like that, we, we're not just sharing an acquaintance of each other. As Christians, we're sharing our acquaintance with Jesus Christ. Now, when Jesus gave that commandment, To love one another as I have loved you. In John's gospel, there is a sense in which he's saying within the church, you should love one another. That's a big enough challenge, isn't it? I declare there's some church members didn't want to be loved. 
Uh, and uh, there's, there's some churches I'm not surprised when they're declining and uh, drying up and having to close their doors. Because it can be difficult to love one another, even in a, in a group as small as this. We might have little bits of discord and little bits of this, that, and the other. And if we get focused on that, sometimes it can be enough to say, I quit. I'm gone from here. I'll, I may look for another church someday. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how many of our members not here are, you know, active in other other congregations. But I, I don't believe Jesus ever meant for it to stop within the church. I think the book of Acts shows us. And of course, I, now, you know, book to book, Acts goes with Luke. And Luke's a gospel that sometimes differs with the gospel of John. But let's just go ahead and connect them all. The gospel leads to Acts. I think I said that last week. You know, it's not just a matter of words. It's also a matter of deeds and what we're doing. But uh, in the book of Acts, we see that uh, God is expanding the borders. God is uh, expanding the, the church to include those who have been excluded. To uh, invite all who would receive the gospel to be a part of the church. To uh, declare that love and to love others in such a way that they just might respond. And that they might want to come in and know more about the loving God who cared so much as we tell it to give His only Son so that all the world might be saved. It's hard to read the book of Revelation and think that the whole world's going to be saved because, you know, in that book, the angels of God and the angels of Satan are still battling and uh, there's talk of a place that's prepared for those who will, you know, live forever in, in the depths of hell. But uh, I know God's intention is that all people would hear the good news and receive the good news of Jesus Christ in such a way that they just might respond. And I declare, I don't think we're get them all, going to get them all in here or even get them all into any of all the churches that surround us to hear it. We, we, need, to, we need to be willing to go out and tell the news. I used to, I, I gave this quotation, I probably gave it wrong and never knew who to attribute it to, but it goes to Edwin Markham. I think it's one of the, one of the greatest things I ever learned. It's on the bottom of your, of your bulletin there. He drew a circle that shut me out. Who that he or she may be, you can, you can decide, you know, you've been there. You've had that treatment. Heretic, rebel thing to flout. But love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle and took him in. How big is our circle? It's bigger than we know. It's bigger than we think. 
It includes a lot of people, but how big is our circle of God's love and grace? Can we, can we give ourselves uh, to, to all who are within that circle? Until the day that uh, our circle will continue to grow and, well, <laughs> it's done that. It reaches around the world already. It, it, this, this circle goes around the world several times over. somebody that doesn't believe it or who's uh, just not in a frame of mind or in a state of uh, being right now to, uh, to know it and share with them that, uh, that love and that faith that life of God in Jesus Christ that is worth the living and may you know it and show it all through the week In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.